Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Half Ashed. My name is Craig Schneider. That gentleman, 1,850 miles southeast of me, is Mr. Kip Fisher. And we are coming to you live for the 136th time. This 23rd day of January, 2016. Mr. Fisher, I hope I found you well this evening. Yep. I reckon I'm doing all right. Good. Wow, that was... No That's problem. probably the most lively you've ever said that, and you said you're about ready to fall asleep. I had to get worked up for it, so now I'm going to crash. <laughs> yeah, you, you got no talking left in you for the next half hour. <laughs> well, a little uh, cigar that keep me awake for a little bit anyway. Yeah, man, I have not uh, smoked very much this week, so I'm extra giddy. Extra giddy to be having a cigar now. <laughs> extra giddy, huh? Ex- well, I'm normally <laughs> giddy. Now I'm apparently extra giddy. <laughs> you are super <sighs> that might have something to do with the fact that I'm drinking coffee tonight too, which is not a normal occurrence. Mm. I have okay. good, good black cold brew coffee that I've heated up, and it's fan flipping tastic. Trying to keep warm in the great white north. Oh, I'm tired as hell. So <laughs> you know, I don't complain about it like you do. <laughs> well, eh, take what you got. And contrary to popular belief, we are not the great white north in the Chicago area. We had uh, minor flurries this morning, but not much more than that. No? Nothing? No. It's, it's hitting the other side of the country. We're not, uh, we're not too bad. Georgia's getting snow for Pete's sake. They got more than us right now. You live like smack in the middle of the country. Every side is the other side. Well, then I'm not wrong, am I? No, I guess not. Just not specific either. Uh, I could be St. Louis. St. <laughs> Louis is smack in the middle of the country. Okay. Somewhere in Kansas, I think, is center. Well, yeah, but what's in Kansas that we want to talk about? <laughs> Actually, what's in St. Louis that we want to talk about? Yeah, just <laughs> that wins. Just offended like all three of the people in Kansas that listen to us. <laughs> That's all right. We've already said that we only do this for ourselves anyway, so. <laughs> Are you watching the chat room? <laughs> no, I'm trying to get booze. Don't distract me. I've got a mission. <laughs> DC said, as a side note, Minor Flurries is your karaoke band name. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Uh, well, I am... Uh, I have got more drinks than I know what to do with. I'm going to have to piss like a racehorse. I've got the uh, Bacardi Binnie's uh, special bottling, which is pretty darn good, like I said. A good $19 bottle of rum. Spectacular, extra strong black coffee tonight in the thermos, so it's still nice and hot. And uh, my regular quart of water. Well, I got nothing, but if I get you off on a tangent and talking for five or ten minutes, I'm going to run through the Greco on the stove. You could have already done that, for Pete's sake. I think you've said four words since the start. <laughs> well, still not at five. <laughs> and that's twice tonight. I've missed you that one. <laughs> uh, so what's new, man? We haven't really even talked much this week. Hmm. No, not a whole lot. I've actually not had just a great number of cigars this week. I've got a couple of bigger news items that took place this week to talk about, but it's been pretty quiet here. We- Started uh, teaching some kids a little bit of English in the mountains today. 
I start formal language school Tuesday. So concurrent to teaching kids English, we're going to be learning some Spanish. And I made a remark that I didn't know how my tumor-addled brain is going to respond to the stress. But I guess we'll find <laughs> out in about a week. <laughs> uh, all seriousness, uh, all kidding aside, I was going to say all seriousness aside, all kidding uh-huh. aside, how have uh, how have your treatments been going and doctor visits? I have not been since October. I'm supposed to go back this month, but I'm running out of month, so I guess I should get on that. Is it uh, is it something where you feel as if you're able to get the care you need down there? Oh yeah, absolutely. I found a, a good endocrinologist here who actually came back here from the state. She practiced there for a long time, and. Technology, as far as MRIs go and all, is pretty much on par, only much, much cheaper. It's not like 8-bit MRIs there? No, no. It's the same equipment as was at Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa, which is a world-class treatment center. And here in Florida, my share with Fantastic insurance was 551 bucks for each MRI out of pocket. And here you pay the entire cost of a treatment or whatever you're having done. And then the insurance reimburses you. And so I paid the entire fee for having an MRI done and it was 220 something dollars. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was crazy. Well, I'll drink to that. Holy cow. Yeah, it's actually amazing. Hell, I could go down there and get a Dominican uh, doctor to stay with you, and it would basically cost me nothing. Yeah. You can have it uh, have a lot of things done here cheaper than you would pay using your insurance in the States. Hmm. Well, that's pretty darn cool. Yeah. I, uh, I wish things, you the best with that. Some things you may be taking your life in your own hands getting done here, but. Different story. Huh. That's pretty darn cool, though. I, I, you know, I I can't say that I was worried about what your treatment would be down there because I trusted you wouldn't make a bad decision about that. But it was always kind of one of those, I don't know, uh, curiosities as to what it's really like when you when you grow up in a first world country. You're just ignorant to certain things, and so I just didn't know. No, you know, I've made a great number of bad decisions in life, but I don't think this is one of them. But the available medical care here for um, private institutions is, is suitable. I mean, all of it's not perfect. The public hospitals and whatnot don't exactly have the best reputation for their care. But mm. They're okay. Well, I... Uh... Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Excuse me. I'm not exactly sure uh, anybody's going to confuse it with Mayo Clinic or anything. But at the same time, it, uh, it all works well in the end, I suppose. If you're diligent in making uh, making sure you need you get what you need. Yeah, just in a maintenance mode now. As long as it doesn't take off growing or or uh, bleed out again, I should be in good shape. Well, here's to that. Headaches uh, subsiding a bit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. Once it shrank back a little bit off of <laughs> the optic chiasm, I've been in good shape. Mm. Well, I uh, 
I raise a glass to your continued health, my friend, and take a puff on this lovely cigar of the week. Gracias. And we should probably talk about this cigar since we're several minutes into the show and haven't even said what it is. Well, we should talk about it for that reason, as well as uh, the fact that these have historically burned a little quick for me. Well, you know, come to think of it, or come to pay attention, this one is going kind of quick for me. I mean, it's not not problematically. It's uh, probably a half inch into it, and I've only lit it 10 minutes ago at the moment. Yeah, I uh, I have had... How many of these have I had? Two others only. Uh, this is my third, and both of them smoked right about at an hour. I nursed them to get to maybe 75 minutes, but it was one of those where you're just taking a real short puff to keep it lit. Not exactly because the flavor is perfect, but uh, we'll see how it goes tonight. I think I lit up at about quarter till, and right now it's uh, nine on the button here in Chicago, so we'll have to talk quickly. How's that? <laughs> well, if I could speak quickly, I'd fit right into this country. Well, yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about that. I uh, I still think we haven't said what the heck we're smoking. No, we have not. I, mean, <laughs> I was waiting on you. This is your selection. Well, you are absolutely right. It's the Partigas Maduro Number no. One. Uh, this cigar was released later later on in 2015, and uh, at five and an eighth by 52, this Robusto Plus certainly gets my vote as the most controversial cigar uh, to be released last year. Yeah, I'm trying to get it to focus. It, it did once, and now it doesn't want to focus now that I'm... Yeah. Now that you're trying. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's uh, it's the second Maduro, uh, Maduro-wrapped Maduro regular production cigar ever produced in Cuba after the revolution, um, and Cohiba Maduro 5 being the other. This made its uh, debut in third quarter 2015, but uh, trumped just about everything else the Bonos put out last year in terms of chatter. Um, a lot of people balked at the Anejados, um, but to be completely honest, they shouted to the heavens about the Maduro number one. The word on the street with uh, a lot of seasoned cigar smokers was that this tasted Nicaraguan. And in fact, nearly the same arguments were made about this as were made about the Maddie Fives when they came out in 07, uh, which I can't believe was nine years ago. It blows my mind. Um, this cigar brings back uh, some typical Maduro sweetness to the game, but it really displays a, a plethora of other flavors at the forefront. Um, it, it's an enigma to me. It It's certainly one that I enjoy exploring, but it doesn't come across as being prototypically Cuban, prototypically Maduro-wrapped, prototypically Partigas. It just comes across as being an enjoyable cigar. So, Yeah. <laughs> thanks thanks for that contribution. Yeah, thanks for the elaboration. It, 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 and for it, what it's worth, I think I might be the only one who enjoys them. So, Really? I'm very interested to hear your perspective, yeah. It is not, and I'm trying to weigh this out with the fact that this one, how old is this, a year or less? Oh, not, not even. Not and even. most of the other Cuban cigars you've sent have been long-aged, uh, you know, several years to many, many years. And so I'm trying to kind of figure out how this compares with within that frame. But 
this is not at all to me like any of those others. And it, I don't know that I would have said it tastes Nicaraguan. It doesn't have that same kind of punch to me or typical kind of spice that I get a lot. But it reminds me a little bit of some of the uh, EP Carrillo sticks I've had before. And, and nothing specifically, not a specific cigar, but just when I take a puff from this, that's just what I think of. Hmm. That's very interesting because I have not, I've not heard anyone make a correlation to a Dominican brand with these, but I've heard a lot of people say that this reminds them of a lot of Casa Fernandez products. Really? I shouldn't say a lot of people. I've heard multiple people say that. Yes. Now, when I say that, I don't. I'm not talking Dominican puro. Uh, EP Carrillo uses a lot of Nicaraguan tobacco in their blends, but it's not. Not a Nicaraguan puro. It's not you know heavily influenced, but it's there's a little bit there, so I can make a connection there. But I don't think I would ever have said this is a good gracious. I never would have guessed Aganorsa out of something like this. Mm. Well, I, I sense the the correlation in that it's it's predominantly a tobacco centric blend. Um, that's the the kind of dominant flavor, and then there. are a lot of those other supplemental flavors that you get that kind of present themselves as being harder flavors, the leather, the wood, <clears throat> the slight pepperiness. Um, now I don't, I don't think that this comes across at all being strikingly Aganorsa tobacco. It's approachable. It's not on the edge of, uh, of sanity. It's very much in, uh, in a, a medium body, medium strength realm. Um, in fact, it might even be a little bit lighter than medium strength, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm sitting here, you know, I'm an admitted Casa Fernandez Aganorsa fan, um, trying to think of something that is, that is closely related as I can. And it would probably be that cigar I talked about a few weeks ago, the, uh, the Maduro version of the Arsenio, which is a little bit lighter in strength. It doesn't carry the same kick as you might find in a lot of Casa Fernandez products and I adore the Arsenio and maybe that's as close as I can come up with if I had to pick something from their lineup but I still I don't know it doesn't it doesn't strike me as being very similar to their stuff well I was I was um well I actually we were uh, asked in the chat room uh about the ammonia smell on this partygus and i had not noticed it pre-light i had definitely not picked it up i gave this a couple good sniffs as i had with the others um and uh i i didn't i had never paid attention to it or gotten to the point where that became an obvious um component of this cigar then just as i'm thinking about it um in between puffs, I'm breathing in through my nose rather than taking a puff, but the cigar's still in my mouth. And I think there's a little bit of that funk, that, that kind of sour flavor that I had mentioned to you, I think, before we were recording. And I think that actually might be a, a detection of ammonia, which is really interesting. I uh, These are definitely youthful, there's no doubt. And a lot of people have have uh, uh, said a lot of bad things about it, but I have not noticed ammonia to this point, nor have I heard a lot of other people say that. But maybe maybe that's what I'm smelling here. What about you? 
No, I have a fan blowing directly across me with blowing the smoke out the window. It w- you'd be hard pressed to get any kind of buildup. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. In my meth lab trailer, as DC put it. <laughs> well, it's it's a cigar that I enjoy. I, I have never been overwhelmed. Well, again, how can I say never when this is only my third one of these? Um, I have not been overwhelmed with anything negative on these cigars. And I have to say, I, I can um, only really search for the negative that these are quick burning. It doesn't really bother me. Um, it, it doesn't really bother me at all. And uh, it's just something to note, I guess, that could be taken as a negative. Hmm. Well, I'm digging it so far. I don't have any complaints. I, I We were talking a little before the... Uh, before we started recording and of all the cigars you furnished, I can't think of a better made one than this one we're smoking tonight. At least the, this first one, um, the, the draw is phenomenal. It's just as firmly in the sweet spot for me as I could dream up. Hmm. The wrapper's lovely and quite thick as you mentioned. And you want to talk a little bit about the, the divot. Yeah, you know, I I'd be interested to hear uh, other people's input on this as well. But back in the day, um, you know, I uh, hey, I think it sounds, sounds like a start to something I could take off and put the Greco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go uh, go go get your coffee going, Kim. <laughs> back in the day when uh, cigar boards were kind of up and coming and uh, the internet cigar community was really starting to blossom the early, early two thousands. Um, there were, there were a group of, um, uh, of gentlemen who really had, had sowed their oats and learned their, their stuff had truly become um, freaking old guys. We'll, we'll call it that uh, in the world of Cuban cigars that made their, uh, their reputation on the internet as being people who truly were aficionados who knew what was going on. And, and I can remember specifically one of them talking about how their favorite thing that they could ever have before they lit a cigar was to clip the cap and notice that there was a divot just underneath what they had clipped off. And when I cut this cigar tonight, I noticed that not only was there a, a bit of a divot, it's probably the largest one I've ever had in a cigar. Um, Kip subsequently cut his, and he had the exact same thing. At least of an eighth of an inch deep and maybe a three-eighths inch wide, quarter inch or three-eighths inch wide um, divot right under the head when we cut it. And I, I maybe took off a sixteenth of an inch. I didn't take very much. But then out of that divot fell just a little bit of tobacco. I don't know if anyone can see this on the on the video but it's definitely um got some depth to it that little hole that little divot well one of the things that those old guys used to say was um that that was a sign of an old school experienced high quality roller and that one of the other hallmarks that you'd see when you had this divot is a central cone of of lajero and so the wrapper would burn slightly faster than that core of Lajero. 
And that was just a hallmark of a, a perfectly rolled, perfectly constructed cigar. And I have to say, I have I have thought that this has been beautifully rolled. It's a perfect draw. Kip said that his was a perfect draw. Um, this divot is just, it's a sight to behold. It really is something that I've not seen this large before on a stick. And I'm actually going to ash for the first time. And... I do have a little bit of a cone. It's probably an eighth of an, uh, probably a quarter inch high in the center. I don't know if you can make that out, but it's definitely there. It's just an interesting little comment that uh, I've never been able to to verify, but at least anecdotally, it's kind of neat to think that there are some of those old school rollers who um, were around before the boom who were rolling in such a way that there's uh, visual signs of their quality, of their craftsmanship. And so this one certainly seems to be uh, flipping the bill for that wonderful craftsmanship, I tell you. Yeah, I got nothing negative to say about it. Hmm. And maybe it's just that the people who roll with that little divot are telling you that that's the way the old school rollers, the really good ones do it. <laughs> I suppose anything's possible. No, I'm just here to harass you. Of course you are. Inject a little sunshine into your day. <laughs> uh, kind of well, what I do. And you do a fantastic job of it. <laughs> At least did consistent. You, uh, did you happen to get the coffee going or no? No, no, no. I was teasing. I'm not going to go make coffee. Oh. Well, I, <laughs> hey, I was trying to draw that out more than I normally would have from Pete's <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> You're an ass. <laughs> kind of what I do. Oh, sorry, folks listening in the car with their kids. Earmuffs. Earmuffs. <laughs> uh, well, I uh, I think if anybody is is uh, aware of current events uh, going on this weekend, you probably are aware that uh, there's been a bit of bad weather in the States. And uh, I think it's quite possible that we are the only two cigar personalities left alive after Snowmageddon 2016 strikes the U.S. We, uh, we, we strive, folks, to resurrect the annoying trade of criticizing blends and praising uh, deity-like cigar personalities. So, well, <laughs> that, or we're recording on an off night, and we barely have anyone who regularly participates live here in the chat room with us, but, you know... We've got a few of them, so I guess that joke doesn't really work, but it almost does. Well, we've uh, we've also got some big news, really big news for the slow January cigar season coming up, plus the regular shenanigans and tomfoolery you've all come to expect. So stick around, guys. It's uh, it's going to be a great night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we had to go up to the mountains today, and um, there there's a an older couple up there that we, we work with and around quite a bit and they knew about all the snow in the U S and there's no, <laughs> there's no real connection to the outside world up there where they live. And we were just amazed that they knew what was going on in the States. Wow. I think they have relatives or something that are in the States. Still, wow. it was, it was peculiar. I, uh, I would say that, <laughs> that that that's unexpected at the very le- at the very least. Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna have well, to touch mine up just a little bit. 
I, I knocked the ash off before it was ready to come off, which is a good sign at about a half an inch. And so I have uh, a couple tails on here that will probably need to be touched up coming up, but I'll see if I'll, I'll see if it can uh, catch on organically. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> you have an organic cigar. <laughs> Didn't Placentia put out an organic cigar? They did indeed. I think Michael Stewart bought some organic cigars when he was down a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> the compo cigars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Went back and refigured that. And that uh, bundle of 25 cigars was 85 pesos. Oh my gosh, yeah. So That's a dollar eighty nine for 25 cigars. So. You if you get one, one decent cigar out of that, you're ahead. Hmm. Well, I'm still looking at getting those. Mike, uh, Mike is getting a couple guys together on Thursday, and I will not be able to uh, mm-hmm. attend, unfortunately. No, you slacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Heretic. Well, shall we uh, jump into some of these news stories? Well, yeah, we want to hit the big one first here. Yeah, maybe let's not, do it. It may be not the big story. I mean, it's it's a familiar story at the very least, but it came as a surprise to many of us. Um, and what I'm talking about, of course, is Sam Lucia taking off from General. He has departed after I don't know a year and a half, or maybe a little bit less, with uh, with General. Um, uh, and, and there was a little bit of confusion there because originally when this, this came down the pike back in 2014, uh, the fall of that year, if I'm remembering right, um, those of you who've been around here for a while probably remember that General acquired Taranio, and at that time Taranio distributed Sam's blends, and uh it was confusingly written up or, or whatever went on that it was described as an acquisition of, of Sam's blends um, at the very least the blends. Um, but it looks now as if Sam has retained ownership, full ownership of his blends and brand and is taking those with him. And, and of course I, I failed to mention that at that time he also uh, came on staff with general and he's worked for them since. Um, but he's departing both the, the job with general and the, and the distribution agreement that he had with them. They've chosen to part ways. Um, he's going to strike out on his own again, said he should be announcing, uh, who's going to handle his distribution sometime in the very near future. So I don't think his blends are going anywhere. I think they're going to be fine and available. And he also stated that, uh, as far as he knows, they'll be made in the same factory and, Nothing will change as far as the cigars go. Well, I I uh, was blown away by this. First of all, I I can't believe it's been a year since this uh, acquisition took place. That was shocking enough. But then to hear that that Sam was departing after what seemed like such an amicable uh, partnership when it began that it just was unexpected. Um, you know, a lot of people commented, actually, on our forum, there were some posts, I think, about Sam being a free spirit and about him not 
you know, not fitting in at a big uh, corporation. And, and it just, you know, I, I can't necessarily say that, that that's something I totally agree with, but, you know, I don't know Sam personally, so it might very well be. It just knowing Sam's background in the military and his um, incessant need to be uh, on the cutting edge of what his industry wow. is, it made some sense that he was with General. You know, he had the ability and the resources to to stay on the cutting edge and to really push the envelope. Um Plus, to be able to have the structure and the support and the 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 background of a, a major corporation of a major corporation seemed to make a lot of sense. So, um, on surface level, it might seem a little um, like an odd couple, but it really, when I dug into it, it made some more sense to me that he um, was finding a home there. So, this then was just a a shot across the bow. It, it was a, an eye opener. I, I just, I did not expect it at all. Yeah. I mean, he's, he has a personality and, and an image of, of being a, a rogue or a rebel, so to speak, but I kind of agree. And, and without regard for the idea of having the structure and all that, he had access to tobacco stores that, just about don't exist outside of a big company like general. I mean, he, he worked as I think his job title was blend specialist or something under the foundry umbrella within general. And he, he, I don't remember how many different pictures of massive warehouses full of who knows countless different tobaccos that he had access to, to, to work with. And so I think that was probably the, the big thing that may have been an attraction or, or, uh, a jive for the uh, for the agreement he had with General. So here's a completely worthless yet incredibly uh, intriguing bit of news for you. Um, okay. Well, maybe it's not news. It's just a a bit of information. If you go on CareerBuilder.com, uh, General Cigar posted up a job opening this week for marketing and sales analyst. And uh, I know he wasn't necessarily a marketing or sales guy, but I think that he certainly had a hand in their in in their uh, public relations and how their company was marketed. You know, if you Sam traveled an awful lot and he put his name out there and his products out there, and if you you know you think about as you said the initial press release talking about this being an acquisition. Um, it, Lucia Tobacco came with Sam Lucia, and Sam does nothing if not market himself properly or effectively. I'll put it that way. So I, I don't know. Maybe this is nothing, but it seemed a little uh, coincidental to me. Hmm. Yeah, you know, if nothing else, um, he's continuing with the events. I saw him talking about a couple of events he's got coming up, and. If you haven't been to one of his events, they're cool. He he brings a small rolling table and and rolls cigars just while he's hanging out and chatting with people that come come by. And he will uh, generally have several different tobaccos and can roll you up, you know, one of his cigars with some something changed, if you like, with a different wrapper or whatever. I'm surprised more guys don't do that. 
you know, I know Gurkha has famously done that for years, um, but I, I'm really surprised that a lot of other people don't come to events and just have a, a novelty roller and, hey, you want you want some of our cigars? Today we came, you know, uh, Pepin does an event and he comes with 100 uh, Le Bijoux and you can get whatever wrapper you want on them. You know, like that, that seems like it'd be a pretty cool thing that people would really, really dig. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought it was really cool. I've only been to one of Sam's gatherings. He had at Corona Cigar a few years ago, but I liked the idea. I liked I liked the result. Just you know, he rolled up a couple of cigars for me with uh, variations, and I liked it. Hmm. Well, I, we wish uh, we wish Sam the best. I know that I can speak for you when I say that he was our first major interview that we had way back on episode ten, I think. And uh, yeah, that was it. We've gotten away from doing a lot of interviews, but it's certainly something that we enjoy and have enjoyed in the past. And uh, from all of us here at Half Ashed, both uh, both of the uh, employees, can we call ourselves employees if we don't make money? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, well, from uh, both of us here, Sam, we hope you do well with this, the next phase in your life and in your business. Both both of the contributors, I guess. <laughs> we contribute to whatever needs to be done for nothing. Yeah, I like being an employee <laughs> that doesn't make good enough, doesn't make enough money. That means I can complain. Yeah, that's true. You know, you make infinitely more money than I do, Kip. Um, okay. Oh, no. No, no, no. That doesn't make sense. Infinitely more <laughs> means that you would have to make something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> this show is a cost center. <laughs> <laughs> eh, whatever. I'm going to get made fun of for my lack of math on that uh, last comment in the chat room. That's okay. Send me hate mail, too. I like getting it. <laughs> well, let's see what else we got on here. Oh, Pete Johnson put up a picture of the uh, upcoming year's monster release, which will be called the Kruger. Uh, of course, after Freddy Krueger of Nightmare on Elm Street fame, uh, didn't really talk much about the specifics for the blend. He said that would that would be revealed soon. Um, but just judging by the picture, I think I can share the image here. Um, it's a pretty sizable, as this line always is. Uh, it looks box-pressed, or at least some kind of pressed, <laughs> in a torpedo kind of shape. Uh, so no big, uh, no big reveal there just yet, but I know there's a lot of people really look forward to this, this line every year. For many reasons, whether it's to smoke or to collect, because it seems like the collector segment of the population that dig into this uh, monster series overtaking the smokers, so to speak. Well, I, I don't think I, yeah, I don't think I've had the monster release the last two years. I really enjoyed them uh, early on, and I think I've still got a box of the face sitting around here, so. Yeah, you sent me a couple of the face. We're going to do those as a show cigar sometime, I think. Really? I sent you some of those? Boy, I don't remember that at all. Oh, well, no. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still going to smoke them anyways. Yeah, but but if you know I have them, then I have to wait till 
We do it on the show. <laughs> or if you really play your cards right, you could smoke them. We could schedule it, and then I'd somehow need to airmail you uh, more of them. That may be what's already happened. I probably already smoked them all. You might want to go ahead and send them. <laughs> Not going to work this time. <laughs> you old bastard. Uh, earmuffs. Earmuffs. Uh, well, oh, another bit of news. House of Emilio is no more. Okay, that's not true. House of Emilio has rebranded, uh, revamped, relaunched uh, a new name, a new website, everything as uh, their new name will be Boutiques United. Um, and many of you know uh, Gary Griffith and Nate McIntyre left the left the company over the past year, year and a half, and, and um, as have. Mm, half or so of the companies they originally distributed, uh, but they they unveiled their new uh, format this past week. Uh, may have even been a little over a week out within the past two anyway since our last show. And uh, the new website, of course, showcases the remaining brands that they they distribute, which are Ezra Zion, uh, Emilio Cigars themselves, Global Premium Cigars, which is fifteen oh two. Uh, you may be a little more familiar with 1502 than GPC and Nomad, of course, Fred Ruiz Nomads. Um, but reportedly, all the uh, unlike several of the stories we've talked about recently, the Salesforce and distribution arrangements, all that's remaining the same. This list looks to be just a, a name change, um, maybe to clarify a few things. I don't know. I, there was some confusion at times over House of Emilio and Emilio Cigars and who was being distributed and who wasn't and how that all worked. But uh, anyway, they got a new name. I'm trying to think of the guy's name, the uh, the owner. But uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's escaping me at the moment. Zako or Zaka or something. Uh, like that. Actually, that kind of sounds familiar. Yeah. And I didn't even – I'd never heard that guy's name until – Gary Griffith left, and I was, huh? I thought Gary was kind of the show there, and, and it turns out no, some other guy was that company. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking hockey in the chat room. I need to stop. I've got a show that we're doing. Zuka. Thanks there it is. So you cigar coop in the chat room. The guy's name Scott Zuka, and again, I've never even met the guy. I, don't, I I've missed IPCPR the past two years and haven't had a chance to to uh, even be introduced to him. I don't know. Hmm. Well, I, I, I think that this is a smart move. There's been so many changes and revisions. All they were ever going to be was a shell of what they once were. So rebranding is a positive thing for them. Um, I was a little upset to read some of the negative comments about uh, some of the, the, I don't want to say slanderous uh, discussions that have taken place, but some of the, the unfortunate um, business dealings that have happened in the past uh, as being some of the, the, oh, I guess most um, upfront descriptions or comments or conversations had after this name change, but, you know what? I think that's going to blow over. I think that this will be good for that organization as a whole, and uh, hopefully we can see a bit of a reemergence here. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good move too. If nothing else, just to differentiate between the distribution arm and the Emilio cigars. You know, you never know with cigar lines and companies and names come and go a lot. And if you can have a a good line there that differentiates between the two, then the parent company doesn't get in this blurry area of, oh, well, we dropped the Emilio line. We're not going to make them or whatever 10 years from now and still maintain the, the company itself, the distribution company. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be watching that and uh, seeing how things progress. Yeah. What else we got here? Terry Johnson, our old friend Terry. Uh, Who's who back down to... by you as of yesterday again. I don't know if you were aware of that. Yeah, he is. He sent me a message. He was back in town. I'm going to try to catch up with him this week. And um, he is finally, after <laughs> what a year or more, I'm talking about it. He's finally getting the counselor cigars into the marketplace. Now, this was a line that he was originally going to produce and release through La Tradicion Cubana, uh, Luis Sanchez company. And, but it got held up last summer when the two companies parted ways and chose not to uh, be partners anymore in, in the operations. And so it was kind of in limbo and he's been talking about it for a while. And I actually smoked this cigar and I'll talk about it in just, just a minute again, although it's in an older show, but it's uh, one of those things where there's, you know, other people have done it. Pete Johnson's done it with La Riqueza and, um, uh, what's the El Triunfador, um, been brought back an old trademark that had been long gone from the marketplace. So Terry picked this one up and he's bringing it back. Uh, it's going to have a San Andres, Mexican San Andres wrapper, uh, Dominican Criollo 98 binder, which is in the time I've spent with the, the cigar makers here. This is like the hottest thing going. They're eating up this Criollo 98 here. It's, it's going into a lot of cigars these days and a Corojo and Criollo filler blend. Um, so the counselor is going to come in five sizes. Uh, it's going to be in boxes of 10, retail 550, 650 per cigar, and should be shipping sometime in the next month or so. And uh, I actually, this has been quite some time ago, back early on from when I first moved down, and I caught up with Terry. I, he gave me a couple of these to try, and I thought they were they were very good cigars. And um, let's see if I can. I went back and grabbed the, you can see, there we go. This was the one of them right here, this picture I grabbed from my Instagram feed. And you can see, this is one of the things I'm learning about Terry's new factory that he's doing. And when you look at that cigar, the the construction on it, it was absolutely flawless. And it's been that way with everything he's given me since, since he's opened this place up. And, it's it's not just an anomaly anymore to me. Everything I'm smoking from him, whether it's a a blend that you know hits the sweet spot of my preferences and flavors or whatever, they've all been made really well. I've, I've been more than a little bit impressed with the construction quality of what what he's making so far, uh, and that was no exception. That thing was impeccable. Um, you know, it's like anything else. All the cigar makers are going to make cigars you like, going to make cigars you don't like as far as the 
the flavors go or maybe the choices in blend components or whatever. But if you can't build them properly, it doesn't matter how well you can blend. <laughs> Very true. I think he's doing a, a bang up job with the fundamentals so far. I mean, it's a small operation is brand new. He's not a guy that has seven generations of tobacco in the family, but he's, he's, I think assembling a good team and putting in the leg legwork to get a good foundation. So hopefully that'll continue and uh, we'll put out some good stuff. Well, and is his manufacturing agreement with Arizona, I think is beneficial for him. And I think it speaks volumes for exactly what you're talking about. The fact that he's, he's concentrating on that quality of craftsmanship. And uh, uh, I think that, that it shows not that Arizona is a huge name or anything, but they're certainly an up and comer and uh, they've got some great blends. There's no doubt about that either. I think you've even tried some of their blends down there um, and had great results. And I did. Um, I think it was the 305 that I had uh, that was actually their product he was making. And at the time, I don't think they'd even begun shipping out of TL Johnson inventory. I think it was, they were still using up what was, in the pipeline, so to speak, from the former producer. Um, but the the one that I tried there at, at Terry's factory that day was was another very good cigar. And in fact, I preferred it over any of the uh, Tarazonas I'd had before. I don't. I can't say that I've had any Tarazona consistently. I have not had one that I've thought was subpar or unenjoyable, but I mean, I've just had singles and, and had good results with all of them. I don't own a box. Uh -huh. we'll, we'll find out soon enough, I reckon. Yeah, I hope so. And uh, if you see Terry um, or when you see Terry, let him know. I want to try some of those counselors. I'd love to uh, get my hands on them. Okay. I'll tell him. <laughs> okay. That sounded uh, reassuring. <laughs> no, I was just thinking of how he could sell you cigars and just give them to me and maybe. maybe <laughs> <do that. laughs> I always got an angle. Well, since we kind of touched on La Tradición Cubana and Luis Sanchez, who also spoke with him a couple weeks ago, I had never gone looking and actually found his factory. I knew it was in Tamborillo, which is very close to me, just a couple miles away. And then, um, you know, it's been a few weeks ago. Now we drove a different route across the mountains to the, to the water, to the beach and I'm driving along, leaving Tamborillo and there's his factory sitting on the side of the road. So I need to uh, catch up with him whenever he's down here. He's, he's actually in the process of opening a new, a tobacconist, a new shop in Miami. So he's been pretty tied up with that, but he said he'd be down sometime next month, looks like. But uh, anyway, he announced to the great wide open world that uh, he is actually going to have a price decrease across the board on all of his products. Sounds like it's going to be about 10% uh, on average for everything, um, which is welcome news. I mean, his, his cigars were not overly priced to begin with. I'm amazed he's able to drop that big a chunk out of, out of, uh, out of the pricing. 
And assuming that everything else stays the same with those La Tradición Cubana Coronas, man, I could, I could put away some of those. <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, <clears throat> I don't know how you can sell a great, great cigar at three fifty a stick and then take ten percent off. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And that that La Tradición Cubana. Uh, Coronas, yeah, Coronas, which is actually a Lonsdale, is mm-hmm. by far my favorite mild cigar. The best, probably the best cigar for the money that you can buy, in my opinion. And uh, I can't think of a negative thing about it. No, I've, I've had nothing but good stuff to say about them for however many years I've known Luis now. Since I first randomly walked into the, his little shop in Little Havana. Well, I... I uh, I have a friend who owns a shop up here who's been in in cigar sales, wholesale, uh, manufacturing, brand ownership, so on and so forth for decades. And um, it, it, it's pretty rare that he has a very <laughs> uh, kind thing to say about a lot of the Cubans in the industry. And it's even rarer that he has a, a kind thing to say about one of the the brand owners who have been around for a while um, and are kind of doing it old school way. But this gentleman doesn't have a single negative thing to say uh, about Luis Sanchez and his blends and his, his personality. So I think that that speaks volumes as well, that he's pretty highly respected um, amongst some of his peers. And I just, you know, I, we've said it before. I wish that, that partnership between um, Luis and Terry would have taken off. It unfortunately didn't, and so it spilt milk at this point. But they're they're just two guys who need who need just some oomph, a push in the right direction because both of their products are great products, and both of them as guys are good guys. I just I want to see both of them succeed. Yeah, <laughs> really, and. and... From the outside looking in, I, of course, had no involvement and no idea what went on between the two or anything like that. But they they complemented each other well in what their strengths were. Luis has a lot of expertise in blending and production and running a factory and getting what he needs out of it and maintaining a, you know, a good quality level. And Terry has a lot of expertise in business matters and running a business and some marketing and all. And, and I thought it was, you know, a, again, from the outside looking in, it looked like a good arrangement. They, they complemented each other well, but for whatever reason, it didn't work out. Um, so we'll see. And, and I agree with, you know, that I like the other Vitolas in that line. I think the Corona shines. I think it is magnificent. Um, just like you said, it's a fantastic mild cigar. You can get up and, hop out of bed and fire one of those up if you want when you're on a camping trip or something. And, but it's still good enough, strong enough, bold enough to hold up any time of day. Um, I think it's as well-rounded a cigar as I could dream up. But I agree. It just needs that little something to, little to get over the hump. You know, and you, you smoke a cigar like that and you smoke 10 of them and you smoke 50 of them or, probably hundreds for me at this point over the past several years and wonder why is he not a huge name in the industry right now? You know, it's just time and place, I suppose. 
Well, and I really don't. I don't want to make a blanket statement here because I don't consider myself to be the be all and end all about his products, but I don't know a lot of other products that he has that are on par with that uh, La Tradicion Cubana, his his typical line. Um, I mean, do you? I, I just I do. don't. I know the JML, which is named after his, his or the initials of his grandfather, if I remember right. He has. Um, Sabor Cubana, which is kind of like the uh, what we're talking about, his normal quote unquote normal line, but with a Maduro wrapper, and um, and he's made the uh, Santos de Miami, uh, I think was the name of it for um, oh what is that guy's name Brad Brad something I've already forgotten his name, uh, which was the first extreme box pressed cigar he made before. The um, the ones he did for for Terry Johnson, and he's made Havana Sunrise back before Felix Asseline took them over. He's he's you know made a fair number of cigars for other people. He's made several lines for himself. I think his own core line is the best of what he makes, though. I don't you know I enjoy the others, the Santos de Miami in particular. I really liked. I like the Tempio that. <laughs> severely box pressed cigar he made for Terry, but I think the La Tradicion Cubana, the core line, is is where it's at in all of his offerings. Now, do you think uh, Sabor Cubana? I've I've enjoyed that cigar a lot, but I just don't think that it comes close to being his traditional mild La Tradicion Cubana blend. I don't totally. think it has the same quality. Now, I, I agree absolutely. And I could say, if I had to offer a, um, an opinion or a guess, is, a guess is a, the right term here, as to why he hasn't seen success, is because the market is not in line with a high quality mild cigar right now. Yeah, People don't a, want mild cigars. That's a good point. Yeah, and and we've seen that drift over the past. 10 years now as people, people, when I say people as the American market has drifted increasingly toward Nicaraguan powerhouses and, and stronger cigars, you know, there's less of a demand for a La Tradicion Cubana in the market. If it was, if it was 20 years ago, 22 years ago, 23 years ago, I think that he would have, he would have gotten a completely different share of the market. And Luis was around 20 years ago, 21 years ago, I think he started. Yeah, 90, like 95, 96, somewhere around there. Yeah. But he, he, he was a software guy. I think he worked for um, IBM. He like built software for air traffic control equipment or some, some kind of thing like that. It's just, uh, you know, he's not, uh, he, he, he didn't have what he has now way back then, I think. Yeah, you're probably right. Which is just unfortunate, but... Tis what tis. Yep, that's absolutely the case. You know, and it's nice to have a hidden gem that you don't need to worry about uh, being out at your local uh, uh, tobacconist that you buy them all the time because 4,000 other people are buying the same thing or causing the price to go up. It's a yeah, selfish can, uh, benefit, but it's a nice one. i got to find a workaround for this whole Zona Franca thing. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I gotta find it. Well, I kind of know what that be, is. 
Yeah, I was going to say, you just need to become better friends with those manufacturers. <laughs> Working on it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, we got one more little item to discuss, and that's the Cigar Media Association CMA Awards came out this week. To the much consternation of a few people, been a lot of chatter one way or the other, which is amazing to me that people who have a different opinion like to voice it. Okay, yeah. that's not so amazing. But uh, the uh, there were three awards, and we are a member of this. I actually abstained from voting this year just because I, with this whole move in the past few months, I've been a little bit disconnected and and didn't feel like I was firmly entrenched enough to make an educated uh, guess for this. But the brand of the year was Warped Cigars, which I think we – did you have Warped? No, that was that was a different company. Never mind. Um, it was. Yeah. And the cigar of the year was Matilde Oscura, uh, which was uh, one of the more recent releases from Matilde. And uh, – the member of the year is right here in our chat room tonight, William Cooper. Congrats, Coop, and Warped and Matilde as well. Um, the Matilde, they are moving some of their production up here to uh, Tabacalera Palma, uh, Hoshi Blanco's place. Um, so I don't know how that's going to shake out. I actually have not smoked the Oscura, so I can't even speak about it. I know, know very little about it. I've had some of the company cigars, but not that line. Well, I uh, I won't speak very much to uh, the two cigar brands being discussed in uh, in this little comment. But what I will say is my own personal opinion, and one that I feel all of us should echo, and that is the most deserving man in the industry did win that award, and that happens to be Will Cooper. Uh, yeah, thanks. Cigar Coop is the hardest working, most educated cigar personality, cigar media personality that I have the pleasure to have met. And uh, without question, I can say that this award was heartily deserved. I appreciate his friendship, his contributions to the industry, his news items, and his all around uh, <laughs> all around personality. We'll just put it that way. I, uh, I think that you do nothing but enhance this industry and my enjoyment of it. So will that'll live on that compliment will live on hopefully forever in the digital interwebs. And it is absolutely deservedly. So. Even the dog next door thinks so. <laughs> <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. And there's nobody that puts more effort and dedication and time and trouble into this than than Coop. Here, here. Well, we have a request in the chat room, and it's that time. That was the last little news item I stuck in the notes, and we should talk a little bit about this cigar. We should. Why don't you go first? Okay. Well, a little bit of that uh, sweet floral kind of thing that, that it kicked off with when I said it only lasted a few seconds. A little bit of that's come back, maybe a little drier now. It actually has kind of put a little tickle in the back of my throat a couple of times where it's it's not not the powdery cocoa kind of dryness. It's just producing a little bit of a drying effect on the palate. Um, the sweetness is not 
bold. It's not up front and, and taking command of the profile, uh, but it's there. Um, it's a little bit uh, leathery almost even. I'm digging it so far to construction. Everything's still spot on there. Um, could not ask for a better made cigar. No, I, uh, I, I think that the youth of this cigar is coming through um, with its wrapper. Uh, it's an extra thick wrapper. We've commented on that a couple times. Um, and the fact that it probably still has uh, a lot of uh, structure to it is preventing it from being a razor sharp, perfect burn. I think that has nothing to do with a construction flaw. It has everything to do with with this leaf itself. And uh, um, other than that, the draw is perfect. The taste is perfect. The combustion seems to be perfect. Um, I, I definitely am enjoying that kind of florally sweetness that you're talking about. I'm drinking some spectacular black coffee um, that... Uh, I think pairs very well with this. It doesn't bring out a lot of coffee, espresso, cocoa notes in the cigar because I don't think that they're overwhelmingly there, though they are. Um, they're an echo to the other flavors that are here. They're a segment of the finish, um, but but it's weird how they how they present themselves. Um, this whole cigar, I described it in the beginning as an enigma, and I, I think that that still holds true. It's not what you expect it to be, and that's a good thing. It it has good flavor, good personality, good boldness, a little bit of spice, um, not overwhelming body. It doesn't feel like it's laying on your skin only to be scrubbed off later on. Um, it's a good cigar, one that uh, I have no complaints about, and I'm looking forward to seeing how it ages. Well, let me ask you a question. You've um, said a couple of things about the cigar that it's young, and said that it's it's not what you expected it to be, and it's a good thing. Um, do you think that it being not what you would expect it to be, and being maybe a little different than uh, what's typical with its brethren, um, do you think that's purposeful in the blending? That they maybe tinkered a little bit to make it a little different, or is that because it's so much younger? Or a little bit of both, or a little bit of neither. You know, I, there's so much um, variation in the blends of Partigas. Partigas probably has the most Vitolas available of any cigar, any Cuban cigar on the market. Um, I have not verified that, so don't hold me to it. But I wouldn't be surprised if Partigas has 35 available front marks. Um, there's a lot of them. Um, you can take some of the Partigas cigars and immediately out of a uh, right off the truck and they're spectacular. And then you can take some and they just kind of have a, a floral, dry, um, really short finish, and they're not they're not really <laughs> enjoyable when fresh. Um, so I, I don't necessarily know if this is due to the youth alone. I haven't had enough of them, nor have they really been out long enough to you know, to see various vintages of, uh, of tobacco go into how these things are blended. But if I had to guess right off the bat, I'd say they took a pretty typical Partigas blend for a larger size, uh, a larger ring gauge, and put a wrapper. They're pretty unfamiliar with how it's going to perform on it. 
and that just it plays with it. I, I mean, our our rapper challenge that we uh, that we discussed on the last last show was the last show with Mike Stewart. No, I think it, it was two shows ago. It was last show. Okay. Um, I still have. I still haven't smoked them yet. You, jeez, I'm gonna kick you off. Um, it it uh, it absolutely goes to prove that you can have an identical blend of filler components, filler and binder components, slap a different wrapper on it, and becomes nearly a hundred percent different cigar. Um, and I I think that uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, uh, try to make an assumption as to why this cigar is the way that it is, that's probably the most logical or the simplest uh, solution. That wrapper leaf is just doing something to this blend that we haven't seen before, making a lot of people feel as if it's not right. But in all reality, it it is right. It's just different, and we need to get used to that. Boom. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Well, what else we got here? You have nothing in the notes that you've been smoking this week. I just didn't get to it. Mm. So now you're the delinquent. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Well, while you're composing yourself and trying to dream up something you've smoked recently, it sounds like you need to be a little more dedicated to this hobby. But uh, I'll go ahead and... (laughs) talk about one of mine and actually we have a thread going over on the forum that was spun off of this uh, but the a cigar that I smoked over these past couple of weeks and actually several of them at this point um, was the Hoya Red and this cigar when it first came out I was a huge fan I adored it I had a really good experience multiple good experiences and smoked a lot of them and I just put it in the notes what happened. You know, I, I had Michael Stewart. I ordered some cigars and had them delivered to him to bring down to me when he came down. And I've been through several of them now, and they're just not. I don't know what's happened. I have cats having a gregarious mating ritual right outside the window. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> cats? Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, the the construction's been goofed up. The burn's been crazy. The, you know, didn't want to burn on one side, and then the next one didn't want to burn on the, 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 the construction in general has not been good. The flavors have been flat. It, it's like they've replaced some important part of that blend with something that was much less flavorful. I've not had a good experience now with several of them, and, and there were some comments made and questioning about you know, the storage and where they came from beforehand. And, and there's a very good chance that played a role here. I don't know. All I know is they've been in my humidor for a couple of weeks with other cigars and don't seem to be coming around any at all. And so that kind of kicked me off to thinking about Hoya de Nicaragua in, in particular with, you know, and I'm thinking back over the past 18 months, I've kind of fell off the Dark Corojo, which was a top 10 cigar for me for a number of years from their launch until the past year, year and a half. And, and I just haven't cared for them and some of the same issues in particular construction. You know, I'm just wondering what's going on down there that that has 
seems to has generated what seems to be a systemic problem with a couple of lines that I thoroughly enjoyed before this. I don't know. I'm, I've got quite a few more to go through. I hope some improvement comes around from somewhere. If I remember correctly, I was never a fan of the Hoyo Red, so I should uh, I should go find some right now and see if I finally like them or not. You 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 were not. I th- I'm I loved them. I mean, I that was one of the earliest iterations of assigning numbers to reviews that I was doing at the Cigarmi and then Half Ash. I think I scored a ninety one on that thing, and you had like a seventy nine or eighty or something like that. Cigar sucked. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should send you what I got left. Not as bad as that triple Maduro. <laughs> I liked one of those, the uh, former one, the previous, the older, the older one. Yeah, yeah. Well, after uh, your slightly melancholy comments about the uh, the Hoya, I will talk about a cigar which put a smile on my face as I would have only expected it to do and uh, this just happens to be the J Fuego Americana um, I finally started smoking these this uh, uh, actually two weeks ago just after our last show um, I bought a little pack of the uh, uh, original size the originals those come in a five pack and they're five by 44 little perfecto as Jesus Fuego does so wonderfully with all of his blends. Um, uh, I love this cigar. Um, for a little primer or a refresher about about this, um, the uh, uh, the Americana is Jesus's, uh, I think, his first attempt at using American tobacco. And he has, uh, I think, just one leaf, if I remember correctly, one leaf of American tobacco. Let me get to uh, a note. Yeah, it appears to be that uh, just the wrapper is American, and that happens to be the the famed Pennsylvanian sun-grown broadleaf that I love so much is the wrapper on these sticks. And uh, sits on a Cuban seed Corojo binder that's grown in Costa Rica, which is a very unique twist on that, um, as well as Corojo and Criollo tobacco in the filler from Honduras and Nicaragua. Um what a what a great great cigar! It's not it's not um, stand on its head. Totally different from anything you've ever smoked, but it just brings the essence of great old school tobacco, um, uh, Corojo and Criollo tobacco that I think is and we've talked about in the past is often improperly used or not used to its fullest potential. Um, that Pennsylvania broadleaf has just got that perfect little crisp, um, uh, I don't know, variation to that broadleaf broadleaf sweetness that we all love so much. Um, It's just a a great little cigar. Um, I bought a pack of these five, and I was smoking my last of them today. So uh, I have gone through five in a week, and or five in two weeks, which is not something I do, but it goes to show how enjoyable uh, this blend is pick them up if you can find them you're not going to regret them it's just another home run from uh jesus fuego and even though it's been a year and a half since these things are released i'm finally getting around to them yeah as long as it's not that 777 maduro i'll be all right 
You're still supposed to send me all those. I don't have any more of those. I wouldn't put those in my humidor. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, I I think Jesus Fuego is a very talented man. He makes a lot of good cigars, but that's not one of them. Oh, that was a miserable experience. I don't ever want to smoke those again. Huh. However, I got one more talk about this week, and this is a more recent release. Uh, it's Nick Melillo's El Wewense, the wise man, the cigar. Uh, many of you know may know Nick as Nick R. Agua, formerly from Drew Estate, uh, been gone from there for a while, but now he's he's out on his own making a, or not making, but having a cigar made called El Wewense. And I was more than a little bit surprised to see these on the shelf here. Uh, but I did at the new shop that's opened up, which I'm enamored with at this point. I think it's a great shop. Hope it lasts. But uh, they happen to have them. And they are uh, they come at a premium here. I guess it's a little hard to get. But, uh, and so it's not something I would likely buy uh, repetitively because it is pretty pretty expensive for these parts. Um, but it, it was a very good cigar. It, it was a typical Nicaraguan kind of thing. We talk about the new, quote unquote, new school Nicaraguan blending, um, but just different enough that it was it was an interesting mix up uh, from what you may call the routine. Um, you may or may not like it. It does have kind of a core of woodsy kind of flavors. Um, a little bit of spice, not not an overwhelming amount of spice, especially knowing that uh, he's working with um, who is he working with? He's working with Casa Fernandez, isn't he? That um, you know, some of the some of their products maybe stray a little bit into the more potent category than some folks would prefer, and this is not at all uh, there. Uh, it's more medium in strength, I would say. Good bold flavors, I, I liked it. Construction was spot on. Good stuff. I I have not had that. Um, I'm going to guess I don't love it. But um, when you say new school Nicaraguan flavors, that that makes me think kind of the pepinish sweetness and pepper, um, rather than some of the more traditional, um, fuller, old school hearty Nicaraguan flavors that that I would contribute to or excuse me, a tribute to being Casa Fernandez-esque. Um, which one did this more fall more in line with? Absolutely. The new new school in the sense that there's that, that interplay of sweet and, and spicy that kind of bounces off each other. And, and I don't mean conflictingly. I mean, it, it, it was a good, um, a good mix of that. It was an interplay, not a conflict. Um, but yeah, not, not, bold kick you in the pants kind of Nicaraguan spice. Hmm. Well, I, uh, I might not look the other way when I see those then I, I think that those are at burning leaf. Um, and I have passed them up the couple times that I've been there. It's, it, it's definitely worth trying. It's not one that's going to cripple you with strength or anything like that. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Were it not for the added premium of getting those cigars to this country, uh, I I would not hesitate to smoke them. Hmm. Well, that's that's actually really cool to hear. I I know that we're not always the uh, 
the same on what we appreciate from Casa Fernandez, but um, or Aganorsa, I should say. But uh, I'd be willing to give that a try now after you say that. I feel like they often overlook the sweetness element um, when I think that that component just needs to be so much more prevalent in their blends than it is. Yeah, it's another reason you need to try the Arsenio from them. It, it has that sweetness, and it's not it's not as not as strong as many of their other things that may turn you off. Yeah, it, uh, it definitely does turn me off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got anything else to add to the list? Um, no, I well, I don't. All I've had are those Americanas this uh, since the last show. I had a little wow. bit of a, a miniature cold, so it kept me smoking the middle of this week. But, um, uh, but to go through five in two weeks that that shows you what I thought of this. Mm-mm. Cool. Or well, that I, I'm not smoking it. No. Want to uh, wrap up tonight's cigar before we wrap up this whole show? Yeah, let's uh, let's do it. And I'm I'm shocked, but I have gone out. And I still have two inches left. I am, I'm apparently not smoking this as quickly as I have in the past, though. Though I don't know if I ever purposely was trying to smoke this fast, but that's all right. Um, I don't know how much more I can add from our last update. Um, great cigar, really unique cigar. I think that it's it, it's probably just polarizing from that standpoint that I discussed, where it's a familiar blend with an unfamiliar condiment <laughs> uh, being this new Maduro wrapper. And I think that's turning a lot of people off because they had a, an expectation. Um, but man, oh man, I, I'm not turned off by it. And in fact, I'm, I'm quite infatuated with it. I really enjoy them. They're a little expensive. We didn't talk much about their price, but about the cheapest you're going to find these things is 15 bucks a stick, which is a heck of a lot of money for a Robusto. That's, you know, that's uh Padron 26, um, uh, territory, maybe even a little bit more expensive than that, or Opus X uh, on slightly more expensive than Opus X, but very good for what it is. I'm I'm happy that I was able to try them, and I think that it's a good expression of what uh, can come out of Cuba with a Maduro wrapper. Yeah, the only thing I'll add to that is is the flavors have not changed drastically, but as I'm getting, I got maybe about the same, maybe two inches left. <coughs> It's um, that sweetness has developed a little more for me, um, although it's tempered with a little bit of uh, I don't want to say bitterness because I don't want it to sound negative. But it's a little bit of a string. It's a little more of that dryness on the palate has built. Um, you. Yeah. And, and what it actually reminds me of with the combination of that dryness and that almost floral kind of sweetness is some of the Lakeland district uh, pipe tobaccos that come out of England. And they, you know, there's all kinds of legends about where that flavor comes from. It's the extract of Tonkin beans and who knows what, and civet, <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah. But there's a very specific flavor that comes with those tobaccos, in particular Virginia pipe tobaccos that come out of the Galwith Hogarth and Samuel Galwith uh, factories in England. Um, this reminds me quite a bit of it actually is, is very enjoyable because I happen to like those tobaccos, but I dig it. Hmm. 
Well, I think that a lot of, uh, um, excuse me, I've got smoke in my eyes. I think that a lot of partigas can have that floral note that you're talking about. Um, it's, I personally think that the, <clears throat> I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent, but follow me here. The La Gloria Cubana line um, is a nice variation of the Partagas blend um, that really heightens that kind of floral or uh, sweet flavor that you're mentioning. Um, I think that it has a lot of similarities to Partagas, yet it just kind of plays that up a little bit more. Um, and I definitely get that in this stick, though it doesn't come through as much as a uh, uh, La Gloria to me. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the floral aspect of it um, isn't so much a hallmark or a typical of Partigas, but you can find it definitely in some. I think it comes across in the um, 898 Unvarnished. I think it comes across in some of the Lusitanias. Um, but I... I definitely don't think that it's what a lot of people reach for in Partigas. Partigas is typically big, bold, brash, tobacco, um, spice, leather, some Cuban twang and a little bit of that citrusy flavor, um, but not overwhelming. There's there's a great kind of baking spice um, sweetness, almost graham crackery sweetness uh, in the PSD4s, um, but... Uh, Man, oh man, um, this cigar is, is a, I don't know, it it expands the Partigas line, what you can find in that profile, and I think it does so in an enjoyable way. Dig it. Mm -hmm. Your your judgment is being questioned in the chat room. With the floral the notes, floral in, notes Partigas. in Partigas? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I have got some... Uh, oh, Vintage Lusitanias, vintage now, geez, 98, 99, something like that, uh, 16, 17 years old, that are just loaded with floral flavors. And uh, a lot of the old school unvarnished that I've had um, also have a lot of that floralness too. Well, cool. We're about ready to wrap this one up. I think so, my man. Excelente. Well, everyone as always we're thankful and appreciative that you've tuned in and joined us whether you're here live tonight or sometime across the great wide expanses of the interwebs uh, through digital download but uh, we're glad you're with us and uh, if you come back next time around for episode 137 we will be smoking the la tradition cubana reserva familiar which is the uh, standard core line from Luis that we talked about quite a bit earlier uh, with a little bit of a tweak. And it's got just a, maybe just a little bit of a punch to it in comparison. It's not uh, certainly not an overpowering cigar, not a bold kick you in the pants kind of strength that we talked about earlier, but just a little more punch to it. And we'll see how that goes next time around. But in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can catch us at Craig at halffashed.com or Kip at halffashed.com. And, of course, there on the website at halffashed.com. Uh, you can find the forum. Get in touch with us there. Uh, we've got a, a group of guys hanging out over there, chatting, having some fun. Huh? A little bit of chatting. I'm not a chatter, but posting anyway, <laughs> sharing in community. And you can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever we may be found, you can find us from the Department of Redundancy Department. 
<laughs> um, I, uh, I have not talked to you about this, but I am hoping that we might be able to record next Friday to kind of get us back on our regular, our regular schedule. We had uh, a duplicate week there a few weeks ago, when Mike was around and, um, I'm hoping that uh, we can duplicate again next week to get back on the in the regular swing of things and uh, talk about this La Tradition a little bit sooner rather than later. Yep, I can do it. Cool. So next Friday night, uh, what is next Friday night? What's today? The 23rd? 20, 29th. 30th. Next Friday. Oh, no. Yeah, you're right. 29th. Yep, 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 yep. Boom. Well, folks, as uh, as always, we... We really have a blast when we're here with you. We really have a blast when we're here with each other. But um, the fact that you download it makes it a little bit sweeter. We really appreciate it. I know Kip and I really enjoy it. And uh, it's nice to have the, the a couple core guys in the chat room tonight, even though it was an off night and a not too, not too uh, openly publicized off night. Thanks to, to, thanks to all you gentlemen for being here. And tonight... Tonight's dedication is going to go out to none other than the aforementioned Will Cooper. Will is uh, about as good of an example as you can find in this industry for what it uh, what it means to have integrity in reporting and knowledge in in what it is that you're speaking of. Does a darn good job. Head on over to cigar-coop.com, uh, listen to Stogie Geeks podcast, and then come back to us because, of course, we're better. But, you know, Will's a part of Stogie Geeks. <laughs> No, in all honesty, they're uh, they're a completely different show than what we are, and they do what they do very well. Spectacular interviews, great interplay, well hosted by Paul, and uh, uh, without question, well supported by Will. So, we just want to—I just want to make sure that that I can let everybody know who listens to us that you should also listen to Will and Paul and see what it is that they do on a more regular basis. Um, so. Will, my man, this one's to you. You're an inspiration. So, everybody, really appreciate it. And good night, and thank you for listening.